The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K.M.R. and D. Lee. Welcome to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. My name is Dee Lee, and I'm here with my guest co-host, Lynn Shrell. Together, we welcome you to our show. Thank you, Dee. Today, we're talking with Leona Rame, who has been assisting small business owners in building successful businesses since 1998. Through her business, Simply Effective Coaching, Leona reaches out to small business owners to help them create lives that flourish at home and work. We are fortunate to be talking today with Leona as we take a look at how to better balance our busy daily schedules beyond the limits of the clock. Leona, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And Leona, we're um, going to start out by um, asking how you um, decided to be a business coach. We know that that's a passion of yours, and we're curious as to what kind of training that you had to uh, have to get into the business coach world. Oh, well, okay. Um, I was working for a personal growth and development company, and the owner of the company decided to change the format. And when he changed the format, my job went away. <clears throat> and Oops. one of the people that I was working with asked, what are you going to do now? And I said, I really don't know. I haven't, I haven't even thought about it yet. And he says, well, I think you're a coach and you don't know it. And he gave me a gift certificate for the first class at the Academy for Coach Training. That was wow. a... $500 gift certificate, and um, I took the class and I was hooked. Uh, I remember coming home thinking, this is what I was born for. So that's how I got started. Wow, and $500, that was back in 1998? That was back in 1996, yeah. Oh, I graduated 96. in 98. Okay. So that that had a whole lot of value at 500 bucks at that point. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. It had a lot more value to me because I I knew that he was going to give it to his sister, and he gave it to me instead. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. So the question becomes, is blood thicker than water, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Leona, what is it that you actually do that helps your clients in their businesses? I listen. That's, that's probably the biggest thing right there. I listen... And then I I let them talk, and then I ask questions. 
and usually the questions produce insights and redirections and they take off in a new direction or they make a change, a slight change. I'm all about the transition that starts from within, the transformation that starts from within. I'm not into quick fixes. And granted, sometimes some situations you got to stop the bleeding before you can fix what's going on. So, you know, but you also can't put a Band-Aid over a tumor. you got to take care of the tumor. So I go in for the in-depth. And so if if someone gets started um, with you as a client, how long does that usually, I mean, does it, I know transformation is different for everyone. Um, when someone starts transforming in their business, what um, it also I understand is that that flows right into their personal. Oh, and yeah. so how have you seen that or have there been some really significant uh, transformations that if you met the person after they started, would they would you really recognize them? Um, I think of one client. Well, I've got a couple that come to mind immediately. Um, <clears throat> one client was working for one of the major companies here in Seattle. Got his ninety day pink slip. He had ninety days to find himself another position in the company, or he was going to be out of a job. And. That was really devastating because it came on the heels of a really really ugly divorce and bankruptcy. Wow. And by the end of the coaching period, which was about three months, uh, maybe six months, um, he changed his attitude about women changed his attitude about money, and ended up landing the job of his dreams. Hmm. So, was that quite a, a lengthy time in there? Um, that was talking with him twice a week, every week, for I think it was six months. Okay. And he got it. It, it, it was, I'm trying to keep it brief, but... Um, during that period of time, he discovered that the company had shortchanged him some time, and so he was able to prolong his search period. And then even after that, during the search period, he found an opening in the field that he'd always wanted to go into and had never had an open door before, and the door was opened, and they hired him. Wow. He moved to uh, Texas where the job was, and met the woman of his dreams. He's been married to her now for 12 years, 15 years. Well, you know, the right timing is everything, you know. (laughs) Yeah, really, really. (laughs) And your greatness always waits for you. So, you know, time will will, uh, expand. I think... Uh, what I've seen is that change makes time a little more elastic. So I would love to explore with you, um, and, and if you would share with everyone here, about what time management really means. And if we're talking about big change like this, is there really a way to manage this? What does that phrase actually mean? 
Well, for one thing, let's uh, let's first of all acknowledge um, we don't manage time. Time is. We don't manage it. It just goes on, whether we pay attention to it or not, whether we have a watch or a clock, whether we're busy, whether we're focused, it doesn't matter. Time just moves. You know, the, the old commercial um, Timex ta- uh, takes a licking and keeps on beating. You know, time just keeps moving. Okay, so what are we managing? We're not managing time. We're managing ourselves. We're oh, managing. Man, I'm in trouble. Inter- <laughs> what? I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. You, know, you think about it. Um, if I don't have enough time in the day to accomplish everything I want to, what's getting in the way? Yourself. Yeah. It's either that I am, for instance, not setting healthy boundaries or not maintaining those healthy boundaries. For instance, some people feel that the open door policy is really important. So they let people come into the office and interrupt them any time during the day they want. And the interruptions go on you know, for however long the individual allows, right? The problem with that is for every interruption you allow, you now have lengthened how much actual productivity time you have on a particular project. We, in order to accomplish something, we need to focus on it. And every time you allow an interruption, you are detracting from that focus. So one of the techniques that I just recently heard about and have started to implement, and I love it, is called the Pomodoro Technique. For 25 minutes, we eliminate all forms of distraction, which includes turning off the phone, turning off the email announcer, putting a do not interrupt sign on the door, and for 25 minutes we focus in on that one project, that one task. At the end of that 25 minutes, we get up, go outside, take a walk, let our brains kind of reconnect and, and re-stimulate, and then deal with the interruptions. So what if somebody comes in and says, this is an emergency? Um, you know, I had on my door, because I, I, my office is in my home and I had kids at home at the time, I had the sign on the door, no blood, no bones, no interrupt. Now, my kids were teenagers, and they kind of got into the graphic, ha, 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 you know. But that's, you know, that that's sort of, well, in fact, <laughs> I have one client who says, your pitifully poor planning 
is not my problem. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, you know, very clear. I, I was talking with a business owner who said um, his, the managers would come into him and say, you know, I really need your employee to do X, Y, Z. And he says, uh, you know, my employee has a family and responsibilities away from this office. Do you really want him to sacrifice his well-earned, well-deserved family time because of your poor planning? (laughs) And nine times out of ten, they would back down and say, well, yeah, no, it can wait. Mm -hmm. Well, people... It always seems interesting because people are always, and I don't know if it's just human nature, but they're always seeming to complain. You know, it's not just the weather, it's it's complaining about lack of time. And um, what actually keeps them from actually getting ahead of the clock? Um, there is, in my opinion, a fallacy that our culture has sort of adopted as real, and, and, and I think it's false. We used to say, you can do anything you set your mind to, if you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to do what's necessary. <clears throat> it has We have moved into you can do everything you want to. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. So we've kind of taken on the mindset that we can do everything. That includes... Getting, making sure that my kid gets to the soccer, then gets to ballet, and then gets to jazz dance, and uh, gets straight A's in school. You know, so Leona, what I'm hearing is that time is like a great big purse. The more room you think you have, the more you cram into it. So yeah. <laughs> we've got. And about what we a- aren't doing is cramming into it and making sure that we are including. Time for rest, time for family, time for me, myself and I, to just be alone with myself. And those are the times where, without that, we run dry. And we end up becoming kind of like the um, uh, the buoy in the water that just gets bounced around by waves. Instead of so, being anchored. Um, yeah, so what, uh, along those lines, what are some of the beliefs that can get in the way of having great productivity for what you actually want? <clears throat> I think one of the biggest beliefs that we've got going that doesn't serve us is the scarcity mindset. If I don't do what, you know, fill in the blank, then I can't have the money, and if I can't have the money, then I'm not going to provide for my family. It's, um, if I don't 
If I go there, then I'm not at work. If I'm not at work, then I'm not making money. If I'm not making money, then I'm not providing for the family. If I'm not providing for the family, then the children are going to suffer and so on and so on and so on. It's a real scarcity mindset. Instead of being comfortable with almost content with what we have, um, we're constantly tr- striving to get the next best thing. And I'm not, a, I, I'm not saying that we should all be content with, you know, and, and not work towards goals or work towards dreams. But we've somehow interpreted materials and material possessions as the source of happiness. I think it's really interesting. Um, Tony Robbins talks about how he went to New Zealand and was driven out into the hinterland. And here are these people living in mud houses and drinking this kind of mud water that is set up just for guests and living on dirt floors. And he said they were the happiest people he had ever met. It's all perception. Yes. And I have a friend who does charitable charitable work in Africa. And here she is in a village where everybody is living in huts made of animal dung with dirt floors and thatched roofs. And her, her observation is that these people are the happiest people she has ever been around, far happier than the wealthy people who have given her the money to go over and do her charitable work in Africa. That's fascinating. And on that note, I'm perceiving we've got a commercial break. So when we come back, we'll be talking to Leona about how to set up an effective time management system. Stay tuned. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanke. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanti can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. So, welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. We have been talking with Leona Reem about time management and perception and happiness and all kinds of amazing subjects. And we are about to move into talking about systems for time management. So, um, Leona, I've heard you say that time management really is self-management. We were just talking about that. So, if this is the case, what are the components of an effective self-management system? I re- I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the story is told of a grandfather and a grandson who ran one of these businesses where you take corporate executives out into the wilderness and they spend a week bonding and developing teamwork and all that, okay? So they're out in the middle of the wilderness with this group of corporate executives. It's night. The corporate execs are tired. They're, you know, exhausted is really the word. Um, And the grandfather says to them, hmm, so tell me, what is, what do you need, what do you most need in order to reach your destination? And one guy said, a map. Nope. Another one said a compass. He says, nope. Another one said food. He says, nope. Dead silence. And then the grandson says, you got to know where you are. That's kind of where it starts. You got to know where you're at. How are you spending your time? The best way to find that out, do time tracking. There are apps available, um, like, for instance, Timely App is, a, is a, an app for the Android that allows you to actually track time that you spend on individual clients or individual projects, um, which is great for billable hours. There's the old um, piece of paper and a pencil process where you just set a timer so that every half hour you jot down what did you do during the last half hour. So you get a sense of what am I doing. Most of us at the end of the day don't know how much time we spent on any given thing. We might know that we spend an hour grocery shopping, but we don't know the rest of the day. So you got to know where you are to begin with, and that's where you track your time. And track your time for three or four days. Oh, boy, is that brutal. It is eye-opening. It hurts, but, boy, is it insightful. And so how does someone really relate to, um, you know, sometimes people say, well, you're wasting your time. I mean, that's a typical comment when somebody's in judgment of someone else. And yet it's such a personal kind of choice. Um, what, a, what 
are your thoughts on how people respond to things like that? Well, first of all, somebody who says you're wasting your time, the first question I ask is, who says? Who says so? What is a time waster for me may well be exactly what that person needs. You know, somebody who works for Nintendo needs to be playing the games in order to figure out new games. Mm-hmm. For me to get on and play Nintendo, that's not moving me forward. That's not moving my business forward. Uh, Facebook or Twitter can be another time waster or it can be a valuable tool depending upon how you use it. So it's the question really is more is what I am doing right now in alignment with my values and my priorities. Mm-hmm. Now if one of my values is I need brain time where I can just dismiss everything and zone into a game then it's not a then it's not a, a waste. Now, it becomes a waste when I zone in on the game and 18 hours later have discovered I haven't done anything. <laughs> That's a waste. And I have someone in my life who has done that in the past. Um, so it's a matter of what are your values? What are your priorities? Why am I doing what I am doing right now? And mm-hmm. what value am I aligning with? So from the suggestions uh, for listeners, um, from a a toolbox, if you envision a time toolbox, um, what kinds of techniques have you found really useful? And some of it, you know, I'm I'm thinking as to um, if you go to a uh, restaurant and you see a family Uh, and they're all on their electronic devices, you know, what's the likelihood they're texting each other? Probably not really there, but they're not communicating or connecting with each other. And, you know, from a sense of value, you know, you're out in the public, you're, you're supposedly doing family time. What are your thoughts on ways to actually control that, you know, so that they're not, um, so, and how would you submit to, um, you know, a conversation with somebody if, if that was you sitting there and they're, they're so in, involved in their electronics? Well, first of all, I don't. <laughs> they get to choose. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done this with somebody close to me. You know, hon, I, I want to spend this time talking with you, but if it's more important to you to be on the, on the cell phone texting, then by all means, let's just schedule another time later. Mm-hmm. Because if they're texting, they're not engaged in the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And that's they're a waste multitasking, of my time. Right? They're multitasking. So yeah, and multitasking is a myth. Okay. All right. Tell us more. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> They've done studies now that have shown repeatedly that people do not accomplish as much 
when they are multitasking. If you think about the impact of turning on the light, a light bulb in a dark room, it sheds a little bit of light on everything. In the same dark room, you turn on a laser beam and you have much more impact on that one place where the laser beam is than you do with the light bulb. Uh, Same thing with, you know, you think about a surgeon's knife and the skill necessary for, you know, excising um, diseased tissue and do you want your surgeon to also be uh, watching the stock market and talking to his wife or son or daughter or whoever um, on his cell phone while he's cutting into your body? Uh, I don't. Nope. <laughs> um, So they've shown, uh, there's a wide variety of studies now that have shown that multitasking does not work. Interestingly, um, especially like some of the brain studies have shown that that women um, are able to do more activities that do not require high brain function at the same time than men. Um, the pathways where the right brain and the left brain cross, it's like um, women have a four-lane highway going from left to right and right to left, and men have a two-lane highway going from right to left, left to right. So the brain isn't even wired for men to be doing multitasking, which when you think about you know way back when... Um, they were out there hunters and providing by their hunting skills. And how many hunters are going to be successful if they're texting and listening to the sports channel and watching the stock market while they're trying to find a deer? Yeah, well, they seem to have a like a higher feeling of I'm busy. You know, yeah, there's that busyness. And the sense that when they present that is what's going on, somebody, you know, the conversations, how are you doing, not how are you being. You know, people say, I'm busy. And they seem to feel like that's, you know, I'm doing five things at the same time. They sort of pride themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And a lot of that, I think, really does come back to that scarcity mentality that I have to get it all. I have to get it now. It has to be all done all of it has to be done. All of it has. It, it, it's all or nothing. And, um, of course, none of us wants to settle for nothing. So, yeah. You know, I sense? have another theory. I have a theory I want to share with you all. Um, this is my theory. 
men think in filing like file folders you know they have like a whole bunch of manila file folders and so they pick out the one that says you know get up in the morning and they put it away and then they go and they get dressed in the morning and they put that file away and then they go and they have breakfast and you know they eat whatever their wife gives them or whatever and then they put that one away and then they go to work and they put that one away so they've got all these little files and they take care of whatever's in the file and they close it well women we have a whiteboard and so we have this, all of that is on our whiteboard. So by the end of the day, he comes home and she's like, what do you mean you didn't like how I cooked the bacon? Well, she's still, you know, it's on her whiteboard. So I think, you know, women, we have to clean off our whiteboards and we just have to understand that things are a little more sequential with the file folders. So I don't know. What do you think of that? You know, I've never heard that before, but it, it makes sense. And, of course, part of the problem is the women don't wipe off the whiteboard. Right. As they go along. And when you don't, you know, um, Simon Sinek has written a book, uh, Leaders Eat Last. Mm -hmm. And, boy, every business owner should read it. (laughs) Every business owner. I don't care what size the business is. Every business owner should read it. What was the name of that again? Um, It's Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. I think it's then colon, why do some teams pull together? We can put that on the resources page. Yeah, that would be a good uh, Mm -hmm. combination for our resources page because that sounds very valuable. Oh, yeah, it is, definitely. But one of the things he talks about is every time you draw a line through something on your checkoff list, you get a dopamine hit, which is that one of those feel-good hormones that we all run on. Mm Mm-hmm. When you don't have that actual sense of accomplishment, you don't get that dopamine hit. And a lot of business owners have a to-do list that is so long that there's no way they're going to get everything done. And so they never get that dopamine hit that comes with being able to throw that to-do list away and start with a clean page. Well, you could also have a delete button. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's something about crossing it off that is different from a checklist, from okay. a check mark. So even the act of deleting it as opposed to a little check mark in the column, there's something different that happens in our body. We get, we get a different dopamine hit. We get, maybe it's a different amount. There's actually something that's been shown. There's actually, it's called insufficient reward syndrome. Your brain chemistry actually changes if you don't feel enough reward. And a lot of entrepreneurs have it because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So it actually, there is a chemical thing that happens in your brain when you don't get to have that that joy of achievement. So absolutely, it's a big deal. It is. And Mm -hmm. by not wiping off the whiteboard... Oh, you mean my blackboard? <laughs> uh, yes, I, <laughs> by not erasing or wiping off, by not drawing a line through it, we deprive ourselves of that sense of accomplishment. Does it matter how wide the line is? <laughs> <laughs> the other, but the other piece to that is, you know, our tendency is to think, okay, on my to-do list is new website. Well, I, how many people are able to throw a whole new website together and make it look right in one day? 
Not very many. I think Lynn can. I can, but I am not normal either. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, most of us, it's really important to take the project and break it down into bite-sized pieces. This is this is talking about your eating the elephant too, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, well, we've got uh, we've got just a couple minutes to break. So uh, I. I on my checklist now, I have listen to kids, play the right games, get a bigger laser. So on top of all that, these all these urgent things, they're all on the top of my to-do list now. So how do I manage that? You know, what do we do with the things that are really urgent that we just keep moving up on our list and we don't maybe get to the bottom? Or is there any way that you could suggest that you know, in about a minute to our commercial break, that that could help us figure out how to uh, orient that and get it done or resolve it? First thing that occurs to me is set aside 25 minutes to focus on the one thing that is most urgent every day. Mm-hmm. Take 25 minutes where nobody can interrupt you no matter what. Even if somebody drops the atom bomb, you are not going to be interrupted for that 25 minutes. Well, maybe the atom bomb. But, um, <laughs> I was thinking maybe for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> A little extreme there, but you get the idea. 25 minutes every day. And the amazing thing is, if you do that 25 minutes every day, you'd be surprised how much you will get done in two to three days. It will be far more than if you just piecemeal it every, every once in a while and allow for interruptions. So the level of chocolate then in 25 uh, minutes is dark chocolate? Yes. <laughs> 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 and high-quality dark chocolate. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, they say that's really, really healthy. So it sounds like we're talking about the right thing. Yes. So great. Okay. Well, we need to pause for a commercial break. So don't go away because when we come back, Leona will be telling us more about how to deal with the time management challenges she's seen with, for, and through her clients. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind body and spirit, you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 
346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. Leona, we've talked about the various systems out there and different ways to possibly manage our, better, our time better. But now we'd like to turn to the challenges of time or self-management because the challenges all seem to be ones that show up every day and then we have to shuffle ourselves around. So, so as a business coach, Leona, what have you seen as the biggest challenges for your clients concerning them being able to manage the balance between their work time and their personal time? Biggest challenge is setting healthy boundaries between work and home so that when I leave work, whether it's leave the office or shut the door on my office, which is in my home, it's leaving work with work and spending my time with my family in the non-work environment. Um, one of the tragedies is the mother or father that goes to watch the soccer game and the whole time their kid is on the field, they're busy, their nose is buried in the cell phone and they're texting. Or the business owner who takes his laptop with him and you know, travels Europe, but doesn't remember anything of Europe because they're so caught up in the deadline of whatever project it is they're working on so that they're not with the family. Um, Robin Williams' movie, The RV. Um, Robin Williams' movie, Hook. They They both speak to the be with your family when you're with the family and be at work when you're at work and and set healthy boundaries. And that's the biggest challenge. And it's the beliefs that go behind the boundaries. You know, um, if I'm not at work, then I'm not making money and my family needs more money. Well, is that really true? In America, is it really true that you need more money? Um, For some people it might be, but not as much as we think it is. Um, so yeah, boundaries is the biggest issue. So how does someone actually change their mindset? You know, because I know that's, boundaries are such an ingrained challenge because it seems like, um, and it's gotten that way more and more as it's a seamless process. Everyone's online connected all the time. Yeah, um, I think part of it is to look at our beliefs behind the boundary. You know, look at the belief that's motivating the behavior. Um, Beliefs are thoughts that are thought repeatedly, often without examination. So, you know, the old story of the mom who always cuts the end off of the ham when she puts it into the roasting pan. The daughter finally one day says, why are you always cutting the end off? And she says, I don't know, it's the way my mother did it. So then they go and talk to Grandma. Grandma, why do you, why do you cut the end of the ham off? Well, it's the only way to make it fit in my roasting pan. <laughs> so why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I, why? 
Simon Sinek has written another book for um, business owners, Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And it really is a... Um, it's a good question for all of us to be asking. Why am I doing what am I do- what I'm doing? And sometimes what we discover is I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm afraid of what someone else might think. Well, is that in alignment with my values? Do I want that amorphous person out there to be in contr- their opinion to be in control of my choices? I hope not. But bam, that's a question. <laughs> Everybody yeah. ought to be asking these things, you know. This is very insightful. And so how can we change this as a society? Because this gets down to society's values and the basis for people making decisions that maybe aren't the best decisions, but they're they're ones that they, they have the um, boundaries of their own system kind of almost seamless with, with what's going on in society. Uh, it starts by, I, I wish I could remember who said it, um, but it starts with me. Be the change I want to see. Mm-hmm. I think it was Confucius, but it may have been somebody else. I don't remember for sure. Um, it starts by being that uh, you know um, Neil Neil Barry Kaufman has written the book Happiness is a Choice. Uh, Viktor Frankl wrote Man's Search for Meaning. They both point to the fact that it starts with me. Viktor Frankl was in a concentration camp. He was a Jewish psychiatrist in a concentration camp. And he wrote, when they take away all of our freedoms, they cannot take the one freedom that can never be taken away is my freedom to choose how I am going to respond. Well, that's one of the bases for the be mighty attitude that we're um, sharing here in this this, uh Voice America Empowerment Show, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. It was a major turning point in my life when I decided that my responses were my choice, my responsibility. And um, boy, did things start changing in my life. Moved out of victim and out of entitlement, which I think are two sides of the same coin, into personal empowerment. God, well, and empowerment that, is something that when people start really thinking about it, there's a lot of power there. But there's also, it seems like, a lot of fear for being responsible. Fear of being responsible? Well, it's it's like they they want to, but they don't. Yeah. I and mean, I've heard that before. And it, it's, it's all in the action, too. People talk and maybe not actually follow their own advice. Um, something you said triggered a thought in my mind. <clears throat> We've all heard the word abracadabra. Mm-hmm. In its original language, it means I create as I speak. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. 
And that means that, you know, you kind of look backwards and you say, okay, where I am is a result of what I have spoken. It is a result of what I have chosen. Do I want to continue on this path or do I want something different? Mm-hmm. And then the second it's... part of that is creating the, the right support net, support for changing the habit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one small business, one business owner who wanted to make sure that she walked every day for a half hour. And so she set up the business, the sales meeting, which happened every day in that business. Um, she set it up with the employees that the, sale, that the sales meeting would happen at 9 o'clock and that she was going to walk before that 9 o'clock. And she told all of her employees that. And they were to ask her, have you done your walk yet? And if she has not done her walk or if she is late getting to the sales meeting, they have a paid coffee break, an extra one. (laughs) That's a good way to be sustainable. Yeah, because she didn't want to pay them to just goof off while she was doing her walking, you know. Um, So it's about creating the support that supports you, that draws you in the direction you want to go um, and reinforces the positive behavior. Mm -hmm. Now, is that where the chocolate elephant comes in? Because I'm all about the chocolate. So what's this chocolate elephant thing? (laughs) <laughs> the chocolate elephant, I don't want to eat an elephant, but I'll certainly eat a chocolate one, okay? So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And so part of that whole process is, um, in the ebook. I've shown how to break a project down into bite-sized pieces. And then you get to celebrate as you accomplish each bite and you get to decide what the celebration is going to be. So it might be very small for the first bite with a huge celebration when the project is done. But if you don't have some celebration points along the way, some people call them benchmarks, if you don't have some celebration points along the way, it's very easy to run out of the emotional, psychic psychic energy to drive through because you're not getting the dopamine hit of the small accomplishments. Mm-hmm. That's so, pretty powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've got just a few minutes left to go with our show. Uh, so what is one thing that our listeners can do each day to become more balanced in their time? Hmm. This is going to sound strange, maybe, but I'm going to suggest that they take two minutes to do nothing, to just sit in silence. And there's a a website that they can go to that I think it's Do Nothing uh, for two minutes, and you just listen to the sound of the ocean and the seagulls, and um, takes the time to breathe to get grounded in themselves, who they are, what's important to them, and then to ask the question, what's the most important thing I can do today? 
And in fact, some people even suggest, and I recommend as well, is that you do this towards the end of the day, and then you write out, what are the top three things I want to be sure to accomplish tomorrow? Nice. And so you end your day with preparing your subconscious mind for what you're going to accomplish the next day. And then you let go of it, and you walk out. Yeah, that's very interesting. I start my day really early, I mean 3.30, and I, I do something like that where I lay out you know, I just, I sit and I listen, and it's amazing how if you just are calm and uh, empower yourself to just focus like this, then uh, your day will flow so much better because it's a, it's a sense of peace that you're starting your day rather than panic. Yes, and, and it's, it also it. helps you have the priorities, which is one of the main deterrents to procrastination. Uh-huh. If I know what I need to do, if I know when I get there in the morning what I need to do, um, I am l- much more likely to jump into it and do it. Well, Rather you know than what we come uh, to the computer we, and say, "Oh, now what am I going to do today?" And you spend half hour, twenty, you know, or more debating. Uh, you know what? On that note, um, two things. One, D, just so you know, 3.30 only comes once a day. We just had to have that little conversation. And Leona, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. If any of our listeners want to contact you directly with specific questions, what's the best way for them to join you or to reach you? Oh, um, they can call me at 206-409-7033 or they can go to my website, Simply effectivecoaching.com and those two references will be on or they can email me directly at leona at simplyeffectivecoaching.com and those will be on our resources page too so join us next week thank you so much leona for helping us share our time here and it was very effective and very fun So join us next week when we talk with Wayne Autumn on Friday, October 17th at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. Wayne is president and founder of Autumn Enterprises, a consulting firm committed to helping people discover and utilize their unique gifts. With his trademarked coaching process, he will show us how our strengths are our keys to having what we want. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week. for joining Kmar and D Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you here next week.